Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Jeff, there is one album, and one album only, that everybody has been talking about this past week. Jagged Edges, Jagged Little Thrill. There you go, yes. Yeah. Finally, it's getting the recognition that it is long deserved. Yes, so when people say, where the party at? <laughs> the par- party's in 2018. The party's at a pop-up shop in Bushwick. Oh, God. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Meek Mill's Championships is the album that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. It's the one that I have been listening to a lot. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk on Joe Budden's podcast. There's been a lot of talk. Elliot Wilson had his event with Meek Mill last night, Crown. But there's been a lot of talk around the Jay-Z-verse, mm-hmm. the Drake collaboration. But also, I feel like the next biggest person from this album might be his engineer, Anthony Cruz. Anthony Cruz, who we have on the podcast today. And boy, do we get into a lot about championships, a lot about the the work that was put in to make this such a fine piece of art. But in addition to that, we get into Anthony's story because he's not just Cruz. He's Anthony. He's Anthony Cruz. And we talk about his growing up in Oklahoma, moving to Colorado and Atlanta, and eventually up here to New York, and working with Young Guru, and Mary J. Blige, and Neo, and 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 getting to be Meek Mill's engineer, and all the work that they put in over the years, what they did while he was away. I mean, it's really a fantastic story. And we also got to talk to Meek's videographer. Will. and, And there's just great stories about Rick Ross, and the whole MMG, and what Rock Nation means, and what Atlantic Records did for everyone. It's a it's a great hour and a half. Yeah. Jeff, we also have a Meek Mill story of our own from this week. Oh, right. I forgot about this. We went to Meek Mill's album release party. We headed down on the subway. We got off at 14th Street. We walked up a couple of streets to 16th, a couple of avenues over to the Dream Hotel, where we saw the line outside turned around and we listened to the album at home (laughs) (laughs) so when people ask you know eric jeff how do you guys remain so humble you know you know what the real answer is jeff and i'm being really honest with this Mm. the answer is we used up all of our connections we texted as much as we can we yelled at any bouncer that we could right and, and furiously went home. <laughs> That's, that sounds like us. <laughs> On the podcast today is Cruise, as we discussed. But guys, here's something that you can do. Get ready for the holidays by going to itsthereal.com slash shop and getting one of our new monthly winner sweatshirts. They are super dope and high in demand. Get yours now before they run out. Itsthereal.com slash shop. Jeff, anything else that I'm missing? Yes. <laughs> What's that? Every week, we like to recommend three other podcasts. If you like this one, then you might also like. And which ones do you recommend today? I want to start with number 119, Dallas Martin. Well, that is the one. Dallas Martin, for everyone who is unaware, Dallas is the Flint, Michigan-born, Atlanta-raised, L.A. currently living A&R for MMG, all your favorite Meek projects, the self-made projects. Um, he talked about Jada Kiss and Joel Santana. He's been around for a while and created super dope work. Nipsey Hussle, man, just a lot of great work that he's putting out. Roddy Rich on the way. Dallas Martin is an episode you have to listen to, episode number 119. Number 74, Wayno Clark. Shout out to our friend Wayno. Now, of course, you know him from Everyday Struggle, but when we interviewed him, we talked about his entire journey, which was super compelling. And very, very, very inspirational to a lot of you out there. Yeah, people say it's one of our best. 
he talked about his entire journey. He is born and bred up there in Harlem and has made it so far as both a personality but also as a manager. I know TJ Porter is out there right now cooking up some some really, really dope music over at Def Jam. Shout out to Wayne O'Clark and please listen to that episode number 74. 74. But also, finally, number 182, the SVP of marketing at Atlantic Records, Marcia St. Hubert. There's, there's not much more that we can say about our sister, Marcia St. Hubert, other than she's just the most wonderful person and has done work with Kodak Black and Cardi B and Gucci Mane and Mano and DJ Drama and T.I. and Tamar Braxton and Jill Scott and Lupe Fiasco and a million others, Meek Mill. She's the most accomplished person who deserves every bit of shine that she's getting right now. And her story is wonderful. Her personality is just outrageous. And her story is one to listen to. Please go listen to that Marsha St. Hubert episode. That's it. All right. Yeah. When do you want to get into this one? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Paul Revere, a.k.a. Soldier Boy. Tell him. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Thought I Had the Juice, a.k.a. Marsha Clark. <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Cruz, a.k.a. Hey, yo, don't you be with Meek Mills, <laughs> a.k.a. Turn Me Up Cruise, a.k.a. Respect the Engineer. <laughs> yeah, this is your third favorite podcast, The Waste of Time with It's For Real. Yo, Cruise, what's happening? What's up, fellas? Everything's good. Yo, congratulations on a really big week. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Like, like, a lot of love. Oh, like, did you ever think in, like, the days when... There was a lot of negative energy out there, a lot of like down days. Did you ever think that there would be like such a celebration like you've experienced this past week? I think we always envision overcoming the struggle because there's only so long a storm could last with, especially with a, a talented act like like Meek. What was your response when you heard Joe Budden and Rory and Maul <laughs> killing you for not being in the session uh, that Jay recorded uh, his What's Free verse? Yeah, they were 100% right. <laughs> I, had, I had nothing to do with that session. So shout out to those guys because, uh, for, first of all, the love they gave at the beginning, like Joe Budden's energy, I'm using that as an alarm clock yeah. every morning. <laughs> That was amazing. But yeah, like Guru, I got all that from uh, conversations with Guru, all the lead up to the verse actually being recorded. So like Guru hit me with the initial like, yo, he just called me to come out and officially record the verse because it was this thing of like he was talking about it and I'm almost done. I'm still I'm still working on it. It's going to be long, whatever. Right. And so we're getting nervous because it's going down to the wire. And I'm like, I hope he comes through. I hope it's not like. He's just gassing us up or whatever, which I would hope he wouldn't do. Right. right? Yeah. Or so, comes through with like the four bars. Yeah. The four <laughs> bar, like, all right, me, take it back. <laughs> yeah. But um, so Guru called and he's like, so I just got the call. He wants to record the verse Saturday. And then he spit like the first bar. You know, he's like, in the land of the free with blacks enslaved. And he's like, that's all I, you know, that's all I'm gonna give you. And I was just like losing my mind. And he's like, don't tell Meek. And I text Meek right away. Like, <laughs> so I text Meek right away. Like we're both like super Jay Z fans. So I'm like, yo, he's ready. Don't tell anybody. I told you. He told me not to say nothing. He's like, I'm not gonna say shit. You know, strong arm emojis. Like <laughs> we were lit. Yeah, that was that was so that was so legendary. And then when it actually 
when he actually got there and got it recorded, he's like, that was the fastest he's ever recorded a guest verse that in recent memory. Wow. Um, when he got to his house, he was just like ready to go. Usually he's like, I have to wait around. I'm like, you know, so, but he was ready to go and he just knocked it right out. And, you know, like they talk about also Joe and them are like, how could you just go and be like, yeah, I'm going to chill with the kids or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking like, yo, you had to go to the gym and like <laughs> work out, like pump iron, like something. You can't just get that verse off and just be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go just chill and have lunch real quick. You know what I mean? Like, did you send him, did you send him like all the stems and just like leave everything open? Yeah, well, um, the good thing about having Guru mixing the album is like he already had all the sessions. Mm -hmm. So he had the stems, he had the session already broken down. So we sent um, Jay the instrumental and then kind of like the open after me and stuff just for him to kind of vibe to. But um, obviously he didn't need any of it. Yeah. It just was like cool just to be and just went went bananas on it. He's like, so I'm going to have to reformat this because he went so crazy. I got to figure out how to like format the beat. And, you know, so it was a good problem to have. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, what was the approach for the new album like for you? I think going into each record, um, we just kind of keep an open mind. So going, you know, his creative process, he just kind of works on the spot. And then after a certain amount of records, we kind of start shaping, okay, this is kind of the direction that we're headed in. This is the theme of my album. Um, it took a while though, like we were just being creative and, and working and um, having kind of a no pressure vibe that got us to, you know, kind of crafting it to where it um, got to right before it came out. Was there one record that you could look to that sort of defined the sound of all the rest of the, the records? From my perspective, I believe trauma. When he when he recorded trauma, I was like, okay, this is you know. And then like somewhere around there, he did Oodles and Oodles Babies. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, now this is kind of a setting, kind of the core of the album, and um, and then him flipping these classics and like, in my opinion, like I think he really held it down. Yeah. I, I, there was a lot of of criticism about him, you know. Um, flipping samples I yeah. don't understand what the big deal is no. we're talking about <laughs> hip-hop and we're talking about records that I believe that it was kind of time for them to be you know um, redone yeah you yeah. know what I mean so there wasn't any discussion of that within the room no and it happened it happened kind of naturally like it didn't happen on purpose it just so happens like Cannon was like I got this record yeah and it was trauma you know his producer Nick Paps was like I flipped this Jay-Z sample you know, and um, Street Runner was like, yo, I got this idea for, you know, this Biggie record yeah. that is perfect for your situation. And these records just kind of started coming in. And like I said, setting kind of this foundation and it just happened naturally. It wasn't so, like we were like, we need to flip all these classic hip hop records, man. Did Cannon send Trauma as part of a pack or was that like he was like, this is the one for you? trying to remember it's it you know we get flooded with so many records and i know like um i believe this one though was sent separately from the others because he did send um at one point he was sending like three or four records at a time you know canon doesn't send you like 20 packs and stuff like that like he's very concise trauma i do remember um just now that i'm thinking about it was sent separately it was like you're gonna love this record like mm -hmm. this is a you know a familiar mob deep whatever and not to mention 
if you look back in Meek's history, go to YouTube, he's flipped that record before as a part of Bloodhounds. Whoa. So kind of go back and do your research on that. He's already murdered the record as like a young teenager. What kind of hours does Meek like to take in the studio? Um, we, we work a lot. We work a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, it's... Uh, somebody asked me this um, the other day that knows nothing about the music business. Like, well, why do, why do you guys work late at night? I mean, it's just kind of, you know... Um, he catches his vibe on a late night. Like, it's funny because we have like this running thing where he's like, all right, tomorrow we're going to start early. <laughs> he's like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, we always end up starting really kicking into gear like around 11, 12 o'clock, and he can run till all hours of the morning. Yeah. What does Sometimes, your wife think about that? Uh, yeah, she, she loves it. She <laughs> loves it. Yeah, that's, that's the best schedule I can have as a husband, you know. So. <laughs> Um, Shout out to our friend Dallas Martin too, who's been absolutely. a part of, of all these Dallas. projects. And Shout out to Dallas. does he go through just a million tracks to find just the few that he that he passes along? Yeah, we we actually work really well as a team. Like Dallas brings um, you know packs of records. He goes in with all the hottest producers, the Take Keiths and the Wheezies, and um, you know Meek has Nick Paps is the is in house. Um, so we work with all our familiar go-to guys and Dallas brings in his guys. So um, Meek, he goes through beats so quickly. You have to give him like hundreds of beats at a time. Cause if you give him, you're like, yo, this, you know, unless, like I said, like the Canon situation or, um, you know, the Hove record, the what's free for the most part, when we're really involved in the creative process, he goes through beats in like two to three seconds. Like he just knows when to stop and listen in and you know he's about to go in the booth when he plays a record back at least four or five times and starts kind of mumbling. He's like, all right, load it up. Damn. Was there any song that you like particularly argued for? Oh, man. The intro. The Phil Collins one. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily an argument. We just kind of got to this point because, as we all know, Meek is known for his intros. And... Um, we had a moment where we kind of were going back and forth between different ideas that he had that he was trying to get out. And um, he went back and forth with that idea for a while and uh, finally just came back one day and was just like, I'm sticking with this. We got to we got to do this record. You know what I mean? So does having the dreams and nightmares intro like hang over his head it, because it's it's crazy how that has become so much bigger than like. Yeah, it's an anthem. It is. Yeah. Does that sort of like, I don't know, uh, weigh heavily on him? Like I have to do as good or better than that for every intro going forward. Um, Honestly, you would think. But I honestly don't think that, um, I just think the way that he goes into working on an intro is what is going to captivate my fans or what, what is the listener going to appreciate when they first pop in the CD and they're riding or wherever they are, you know, to make them continue to listen to the rest of the record. Um, and that's always been his approach. I think he touched on that yesterday is like a good friend of his coming up was like when you got to focus on that intro because... That's the first thing people hear. And that's why he's always had legendary intros, because he takes so much time to say, if I'm opening my record off with this, it has to be legendary. Um, well, what does it mean to you to have yourself like to hear yourself get shouted out? Man, it's um, when we're working and we're in the moment, you know, um, 
I'm just in such a, a, a place of like, I'm just trying to focus on this record. I try not to let it get to me too much. But when I see the reaction from all the all the people that listen to the record and I hear them being shouted out on different broadcasts and things and um, hear me clarify who I am when people <laughs> bring my name up in an interview because of the shout out like that's just like. Wait, who did somebody confuse you for? Like Ted? <laughs> no, 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 no. Nobody confused me for anyone. I'm just saying, like, for it to be recognized, like, who's the guy behind the boards? Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, who is this guy Cruz you're shouting out, right? So It's not just a nickname for Guru or something? <laughs> yeah, no. And, then, and it reminded me of, Guru. like, Guru is, is you know, um, you know, one of the, the guys that I really look up to in this game. And, um, you know, kind of my sensei, if you will. And uh, the I first will. time he ever <laughs> shouted out my name, I immediately thought about Guru, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting to that <laughs> point with Meek as an artist, the same way Jay was with Guru, that comfort level." There's a shorthand for you guys, like obviously mm -hmm. when you're in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, do you have that type of relationship with any other artist? No, no. I can honestly say um, I work really well with all the artists that come through. Um, I've gotten to a place where I'm really comfortable with. I don't care who's going to come in the room. I'm ready to record Look them. Look you already drumming up new business. You're like, hey, if anybody's <laughs> listening out there, you know, I'm really good with anybody. DWN.com. <laughs> um, but honestly, I mean, because there was a point when I first started working with Meek, uh, the project was DC3. Yeah. And I was nervous. I mean, you know, Fab would come in. Mace came in at one point, And I thought, like, I was so exhausted, actually. Like, we were up two, three days straight. I thought I was going to die, literally, from at, exhaustion. At the board. <laughs> yeah, but just... Long story short, like I've gotten to that place where I'm confident with whoever comes in the room, I could record them and handle, you know, be able to handle the session. What is on this project the the feature that came in the latest? It's kind of a tie between Hove and Drake, mm. and simply because of like scheduling and then um, timing in terms of what record we were going to actually use. So once we solidified the What's Free record, it was obvious because we were already like Hove was like, you know, him and Hove had been talking back and forth. And he's like, just send me whatever record you think is is uh, the one and I'll choose between, you know, the two or three that you send. And you already had the Ross verse. We had the Ross verse. Um, actually, Ross, um, it sounds like a record for Ross because I think I don't know if this is... Um, if you guys have heard this before, but like when you hear Ross, you think of Big. Yeah. Like you remember, like when I remember, like when he came out with Mastermind, I was like, that was the the point where I was like, oh yeah, when he flipped that Big record, I yep. was like, man, he's yeah. really got that that vibe. So long story short, and Puff was pushing that too. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. So once we got the record um, for our album, it was like a no brainer. You know, Meek and Hov went back and forth. Hov was real excited. He's like. My verse is long as shit. <laughs> he gave him the heads up before we knew a bar of the verse, right? And um, and then with with the Drake record, um, Drake was on tour, you know, a lot of, during like the biggest part of our creation process. So they had been going back and forth about wanting to get in, but you know, not having the time to be able to really create together and send ideas back and forth. So that record came in. Um, pretty late. Is there anything that you get that you receive from any other engineers where you just look at it in the session and you're just like, I don't understand what exactly they have done here? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I won't. I won't. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it, it happens. It happens. You know. Like I mean, this is messy. Yeah, it's a little sloppy. A little, a little sloppy. We can fix it. And and is there anything that you can look to that you can point to on this album that you are particularly proud of from an engineering perspective um, that you did here that maybe you hadn't done before? Oh man, I think to be honest, the entire body of work is. Um, I think a testament to where I'm at with um, my confidence and, you know, working with Meek and doing different effects and things. Because Meek, one thing I really love about Meek is that he's gotten to a place of comfort with me that he allows me to be creative with things that I do. Like when we get the track out, like things we do with the actual track and things, effects on his voice, um, arrangement sometimes with the beat. Um, so just the overall body of work and working with, with Guru, he's so humble that, you know, if I had an idea, I'm like, man, that might need to be a drop right there. And he'd be like, here, he would get out of his chair, you know, go grab a coffee or something and just let me kind of mess around. And then he would just come back in and, and start where I left off. Man. What was the oldest song on the project? Um, probably between like trauma, oodles and oodles. Those are probably like like some of the older records on that. And was there anything yeah. that dropped off and then came back in? Like I said, the intro was kind of like a, an idea thing that we were going back and forth with and finally solidified the, you know, with the Phil Collins idea. Um, I can't really remember if anything kind of fell off. Mm -hmm. Like we had um, the idea for what's free initially and then, you know, Meek liked it for Ross. And then we were all kind of going back and forth, like, you know, we need that record. Yeah. And they had a, you know, they had a conversation and um, they put the play together with um, getting it back and getting Jay to get on it. And everybody was all on board. So it turned out, turned out amazing. Shout out to the whole MMG camp. Where do you listen to the records just to test them out? Like, do you go out and do a car test? Do you go out and listen in like, like just like store bought headphones? Yeah, we, we listen everywhere because we think about it from a mind frame of the, the average listener. So we'll go in the AirPods, we'll go in, you know, listen through the actual speakers on the laptop, listen in the car. Meek's favorite testing place is the car. If it doesn't sound good in his car, there's a big problem. In his car? Yeah. yeah. His, well, you yeah. don't find and like he, and, the ordinary car. Right. So like <laughs> yeah. if it sounds bad in his car, like you imagine the system in his car, there's a big problem with yeah. the actual record. But like, you know, we try to listen everywhere the average listener will so that they get the full experience. Because um, the studio, I mean, um, they do a good job if you kind of know the room of, you know, being able to figure out, okay, I need to work on tuning these things or turning this up or down. But for the most part, when you're like blasting records, they sound amazing in a big recording studio. And what records did you listen to, like other artists' records, to try to like compare it sonically? Um, I always listen to um, Kendrick records, of course, like old Hove records, um, Migos, a lot of the stuff that Meek really likes to listen to, like the little baby stuff and um, a lot of the newer stuff, so that we can stay competitive at the same time with like keeping the quality, overall quality of the record, you know, um, on a competitive scale. Do you want the lower end to be more powerful or do you want the voice to stick out or is it possible to do both? It has to be a balance. Yeah. Like Meek loves bass, but he's very, very um, critical about his voice. Like, um, 
that's one thing about me because very much a stickler about like my voice doesn't sound right or it's not crystal clear enough or you know it's not cutting through properly and then if it's not hitting properly on the low end then you know that's always like a big fight you know to try to get that get that right um by the way we do have meek's videographer here as well Shout out to Will. Shout Will, out to Will Nose in the building. Yeah. How you doing, Will Nose in the building? Yeah, what's, what's happening? Up, what's up, bros? How you doing? Everything's good. Yo, I love Meek's energy. And, you know, even like on his on his radio run, I like how he went on, I think it was Power 106, and he was like, mm-hmm. oh, I gained 20 pounds in jail. Like, yeah. he was just like, I ate. Right, right, <laughs> You know, right. and I think it's like, it's nice to sort of put his whole, his whole personality out there it's yeah. like it's the true artist you yeah, know it's yeah. not just like i'm gonna give you this much and then like go retreat into the shadows yeah, this is like right. really him yeah exactly he's he, he's he's real transparent i think it's great yeah, for sure yeah he's like i mean his his energy and just him appreciating overcoming that situation i mean obviously it's always like a looming thing unfortunately until it's totally eradicated but he's always been very appreciative of his stature like his status in the game and like being successful and you would think that with how he you know gives off this persona of like he's very flossy and things like that that he's just like cocky he's far from that Mm -hmm. i mean like he'll he literally will tell us stories of how he'll wake up and be like damn like this is really my house or Mm -hmm. those are really my cars in the driveway or like you know when the album was about to drop he's calling everybody like what's the energy like like tell me i need to mm-hmm. feel it like That's i need so to dope. know what's going on i mean super humble super um appreciative and I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, yeah, it's just no, like that's... I love that about him, you know. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 like um how I describe him is like he almost wakes up with like fresh eyes all the time. You know what I mean? You know, like a little kid, the world is just magical. Like I've heard I've heard him speak so many times on like this is like years ago. We'll we'll be in the Bahamas for like the third time, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, yo, man, I, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm just up can't believe I'm in Bahamas. I can't believe I'm from here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just tell talk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's just one thing I noticed about him throughout my time spent with him. Like, he always just, like, was always grateful for what he has. You exactly, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll make a little video of, of the crib that he's in. You know, we shoot a video, whatever it is. And it's like, wow, well, it's like, I can't believe I'm living like this. You know what I mean? Like, isn't this crazy? Yeah. And, you know what I mean? But, yeah, he, but, he, but he's been doing that for so he lived that he lived that way for so long. For but, so long, but it's still it never fresh gets to old. Him. Yeah, yeah. It never gets old. Well, and yeah. like he'll take he'll do one thing that's like hilarious to me to this day is like he'll take off his jewelry and put it on whoever yeah, he's talking yeah, to. And be like, yeah. let me see how this shit hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, damn, my yeah, shit hit, hit like that. Yeah. Oh my god! He'll put the flashlight on yeah, it yeah, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. diamonds can dance a little bit. Yeah, so funny. I have a picture actually. When yeah. I was in the studio at Rock the Mic, where I had like chains All the shits on, on. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. and it was him, like, "Yo, damn, that shit looks like that." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He did to the Puma. We was at a Puma game. Um, they were playing Puma. Um, maybe three weeks ago, and they like literally put all their chains on, on me. I'm like walking around with a hunchback. Yeah. When when Meek came out, was there any difference you could tell in in him that was either positive or negative like or was it the same guy who who went in all those months earlier i mean when he came out he was super positive like um more positive than i've ever seen him personally you know what i mean 
Like, I just opened up my phone, and there was a massive group chat going on already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a fact. And it's just, uh, he took a selfie of himself with, like, the biggest cheese on his face. And, like, we're like, who is this? Yeah, we, we were like, who is this? You know what I mean? Like, so he came out with, like, like a brand new mindset, like, just all the negativity, anything with that in the past just went away. Yeah. This is my new chance to begin. It was like, yeah, it came out with amazing energy for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long have you been with Meek? I've been with Meek probably six months prior to Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, a long time. Yeah. yeah. Do you hold that over years? Cruise? <laughs> no, no, no. no he, he does. I knew him first, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met Cruise in the studio. I'm like, who's this guy right here? Man? I don't know about this guy. <laughs> and how, how has your job evolved in terms of like how much he wants you to be around or how much he wants you to capture when you're in any given room? Um, he get he pretty much gives me free range to do whatever I want. You know, obviously he wants me to be avail- I mean, with him as much as possible. And you could always cut back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sometimes I need time myself to handle my own things. But then when I when you know when he needs me, I'm I'm right back on board. But it's never been like a you know, uh, like we don't need Will or right, oh right. yeah, I don't want to yeah. go over here. You know what I mean? So uh, we're definitely on deck for each other for sure. Were you there for? I'm gonna guess you were. Uh, Summer Jam this year. Summer Jam, yes. When, yeah, when they had the big video and yeah. the helicopter sort of uh, arrival and yeah, then the, the, the dirt bikes, dirt bikes, bikes onto came the on. stage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Um, that Yeah, that was amazing. You know what I mean? The video, the him getting on the dirt bikes. I remember I was being on stage. I was, I got hit by some pyrotechnics almost. I was burning my eyebrows out. You know what I mean? No, and nobody gave me a warning. You know what I mean? But yeah, 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 yeah. But it was crazy. Yeah, it's been a burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you ever stopped by the way going into a building? Oh, all the time. And you have to be like, no, I'm I'm part of the crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the time. Oh yeah, that's yeah, all the time. It's 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 yeah. It's it's like almost 100 percent chance it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like a- any one of us would be like, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's gonna happen. It's just part of the game. You know? Yeah. You, no, you, you have to finesse your way into the door, talk to security, call a couple people, but yeah, we all, we always get in. Yeah. What was the best filmed moment from the um? From putting together this album, I would probably say L.A. Right, Cruz? Yeah, LA the fun. the L.A. mansion where we recording, recording. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That that was a, uh, it was a uh, a party every night, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was wild. Do you prefer when it's a party atmosphere in in the studio? Um, my preference is just uh, more of a low key vibe, but. I mean, is guess that what? It's not. My, yeah, it's not. <laughs> that's not my call. <laughs> that's not my call. Sometimes we do. I mean, honestly, yeah. Meek loves that environment, but I personally feel like he does his best verses, the best work, um, when it's more low key. Was the Uptown record um, done with a lot of people there, or was that like? Yeah, that was in a. Okay, that was yeah. like in a party vibe, and that came out amazing. It's a great record. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Did Fab do that in the studio, or was that something where he emailed the verse? Oh, no, he came. He was in the studio. Yeah, he had been in the studio probably for like a couple of days, just kind of hanging out. Like wh- one of the things that I missed about being in New York, because um, when we first started, we were doing DC three and Rock the Mic Studios. And so, like, that New York vibe oh my God. is incredible. Like, you get all the New York artists coming through, just hanging out. Nine times out of ten, they're not getting on any records. They're just there just to hang out and kick it. And um, But, yeah, Fab had come through a few times, and it just fit. Um, you know, so, 
yeah, that was that was done in house. So what is it about LA that was special then? Like if, if this or and, did you just like the house? No, and yeah. <laughs> but by the way, like Meek has been just the, Meek has been long driveway yeah, going up to yeah. the yeah. I didn't I wasn't New York was my favorite. I'll well, no, because Mika yeah, has yeah, been yeah. like, you know, like on his on his radio run talking about how this is a real like East Coast record. For and sure, he's just yeah. like, I've spent a lot of time East Coast, like specifically for this record. Yeah. But, but L.A. was your most favorite well, part? Well, because well, we're so used to recording in studios that I think Meek felt like he wanted to do something different just to get a you know, different vibe. You know, yeah, try yeah, to yeah. Know. So they had this massive mansion and you, you could just get lost in it for days. And, you know, for me... Um, for my work, I had my own little editing office area, yeah. you know what I mean? So we would he would create music and we would create content at the same time. So Dope. it was um, rather than being at hotels and then meeting up and then trying to, you know what I mean? So uh, I thought that was dope. Yeah. Was this a house with a studio in it, or did you guys just we like put the studio together uh, in in just a room? Yeah, yeah, that was a process. <laughs> we had, once we finally found the house that we really liked, we. Uh, um, you know, working with the label and um, with Dallas and a couple of contacts I have in, in the audio world, um, um, we put together. Shout out to Dave Malapore at Oxberger. He helped us rent this amazing speaker system, and um, we had you know uh, basically a, a studio setup right there. And and uh, that. So you house. see a lot of a lot of these guys. Um you know, from the biggest artists to to anybody can just set up with like, you know, a shield that goes around any microphone that you yeah. can put anywhere. Mm-hmm. Did you make sure that like that room sounded the way you wanted to sound first? Yeah, we we deaded the closet um, and uh, put up gobos, which are basically like for soundproofing. They're like on wheels, you know, um, and put those up and put up some blankets just deaded it as much as possible so that we wouldn't catch any of the, the noise from the room or yeah. just the vibes. Yeah, just, yeah, kept yeah. the vibes right. Yeah, yeah. Kept the vibes right. You know, the Yandans. Yeah. <laughs> um, when the did you find theory. out that the record was going to drop um, in late November? Uh, we knew, what, like the end of October, I think. So was there like a rush to get everything done or did you feel like... I mean, there's always a rush. (laughs) I mean, honestly, because like Meek is very, very particular. And one thing I'll say is like I've grown to trust him more and more with, of course, with his own music because um, where we worry more about like the stress from if we set a deadline, like the label, like it has to be turned in tomorrow, has to be turned in tomorrow. And Meek, if he's not ready, he's not ready, you know, and so... um, you know, a lot of us were kind of just making sure that um, he had everything he wanted in this album for it to finally get handed in. So um, shout out to all of Atlantic and Rock Nation for, you know, moving everything back and helping him, you know, keep this legendary rollout that he had lined up. Because yeah. it definitely went down to the wire for sure. What is the realist conversation that either of you was like witness to or part of that um that you guys can talk about um that we can talk about so many i mean yeah i mean i i think me personally like man there's so many because you know meek is very um like he's a real dude man like when when i love kind of like at the end of our projects him really telling you how much he appreciates your work and everything else. And, you know, on this record, of course, the shout out and us like kind of just celebrating and having moments where like, you know, 
more so laughs than anything than like really serious stuff but we definitely have uh those moments where we just kind of are like man i can't wait for you know for people to hear this and you know just talking about records and the recording process and things like that yeah and then also like what's one way that um that you guys like blow off steam other than i mean like obviously um a lot of people like paintball or like you know uh ping pong or whatever yeah Yeah. he loves ping pong yeah yeah so like what's one way that like he was just like killing time with you guys around or um, with you guys i mean in the studio yeah he loves to play chess so he'll, chess. he'll, he'll play yeah. chess all night he's a master at yeah chess. He's, he's great he's great at chess so he'll 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 sit there and play chess with like everyone Anybody does that mean that smoke? you guys are better at chess now than you were Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. He'll look to me like, well, can you play chess? I'm like, oh, man. I got to go learn how to play chess. I wish you played chess with Ellen. <laughs> yeah, that would have right? been that good. Been yeah. crazy. That would have been crazy. But should, I love that they did the ping pong thing. Yeah. That was that was really cool. You know what? You guys should create some type of YouTube channel where celebrities play chess. Chess? Yeah, yeah. yeah right? <laughs> Ch- you heard it here first. Uh, yeah. yeah, you heard it first. Make, yeah, make, make sure you put me and Cruz in that. Well, wait. But, um, who, else, who else is good at chess? Um, you'd be surprised. A lot of rappers play chess because apparently I'm very surprised right now. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Me do you play. Who, well, I don't remember who was. I playing. remember a lot. Um, I'd be in the studio. I'm like because um. Room. Wait, is O'Malley good? <laughs> um, Pima Pimon is really good. Okay. his yeah. best friend. Yeah, yeah Pima is, um, is like his. A lot of people that have been in jail rappers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. are good at chess. Because, okay. You know, they, they play chess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as far as I can remember, a lot of rappers are really good at chess. Um, who, yeah. who else? Who else would just statement. stop by, um, yeah. like you know, I don't know, celebrities or or athletes or anything, just to like, just to listen or just like soak in what you guys were were about. Man, we had a lot. This album, Everybody. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> this album, I think, was kind of like one of the the top moments in terms of all the people that you can like kind of go back. I was doing this the other day. I was like, man, we had some legends come through. We had Swiss come through regularly. Um, you know, of course, like Fab and all the the New York cats that. Oh, were just real quick, through. that that Swiss record off the EP, um, oh Philadelphia, oh my yeah. god, and it wasn't even a Swiss production, but just the energy they right, had, yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was it's incredible, incredible. Anyway, yeah. so Swiss dropped by, yeah, yeah Swiss. Um, we had Cano come through. Harden is like a regular. Wait, so Robinson Cano? Yeah, Robinson Cano. Yeah, the new New York Mad. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James yeah. Harden. <laughs> yep. Um, um, Dion yeah. Waiters. Comes uh, oh, shout out to Dion Waiters. Yeah. Philly. The other, um, Ed Sheeran. Ed was Sheeran a big one. was just, one that, just to listen or? Well, it was listening and then like they um, worked on some things. We can't really get yeah, too course. much into yeah. it. That's like, a Jason they, Davis collaboration. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jason. That's that's a heavy, yeah. heavy Jason collab. Big conversations. <laughs> yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, had, they had good conversations. It's, so, yeah, and by amazing. the way, Ed Sheeran, really good at chess, went to jail a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, isn't it amazing that like no one said anything either about like any of the, the records that they were working on? Just like everyone who came to visit just like listened, kept their mouth shut and kept right. them moving. Yeah, yeah, like J. Cole, like, you know, came in. They had an amazing talk. Like J. Cole kind of was breaking down his um, obsession with production and what he believes it takes to get your album to be appreciated on another level Mm. and i think you know we took heed to that because um one thing that meek had never had on his albums was post-production um we kind of just take the records as they are and put them out yeah and so you know with this record um not necessarily giving full credit i mean shout out to, to cole that was like a great conversation they had but um you know that 
was one thing that Dallas particularly was like, man, you got to do some post-production like with like a Terrence Martin or a 1500 mm-hmm. or whatever. And once we got Guru in, Guru was like, yo, what are we doing post-production wise? Like <laughs> without even having the initial conversation, just like knowing that that's something that they do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so... But how did that change the actual album for you guys? Man, it really it really turned up certain records like... Uh, uh, 1500 helped in particular with trauma. Mm. They helped with uh, respect the game, um, championships, mm-hmm. and uh, cold hearted too. Mm. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot of the album, but if you listen to it before and what they did to it, just to kind of turn it up a little more, it 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 was amazing just to hear him on records that had that much attention to detail. And who does the mastering? Uh, Colin Leonard in Atlanta. Shout out to Sing Mastering. Yeah. And what did you push for there? Um, we trust Colin. I mean, Colin is responsible for a lot of records that are coming out right now on the mastering side. Uh, he did Hoven B's record. He's done all the Migos stuff. He's responsible for a lot. He did Wins and Losses, which was our first full project together. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to Dallas because he's he's one thing I love about Dallas is like when it comes to mix master, he lets you know, me and Meek kind of take the reins on it, you know, and just trust that we're going to get the right person for the job. So for the past couple records, he's allowed us to be like, yo, we're going to get this guy, even though he might not be the popular vote, which I mean, can't say that for this one. Guru's a legend, but yeah, you know, um, he's okay. <laughs> there are certain people that are like always the go to guys that we are like, you know, we want to try something different. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no shade on anybody, but just for what Meek looks for, we just need, you know, basically what Guru brought to the table. Somebody that comes in that's humble, that could take criticism and, like, you know, feedback about things that we want without attitude about how many different passes you have to do and, you know, have all that pushback and whatnot. That's that's always irritating and uncomfortable having to deal with, you know, trying to perfect your album. Do you think that, that his positivity and his just whole attitude where it is now helped shape this record? I think so for sure. And I think, um, like I said before, his stance on justice reform and him, you know, being more active with um, um, speaking out against these things and um, taking kind of a um, more conscious uh, route in terms of, you know, um, his stance on those issues really helped kind of, I guess him strategize how he was going to come back because he always said like i'm gonna be meek mill because when we first first came out and there was all this press and him doing all this like cnn and all that it was like man how are we gonna make an album with you talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> ass and yeah. money and you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he was just like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna be me but i'm gonna find a way to explain what i've been through and get all this stuff off my chest and i think he did an amazing job yeah. of balancing both worlds just want to take a second, guys, to remind you that as the holidays grow closer, this December, there's only one place for you to go and get your gifts. It's thereal.com slash shop. Jaggededgethrill.com. It's thereal.com slash shop. Grab a t-shirt. Grab a rhyme book. Rhyme book. Rhyme book. The book. The physical lined notebook that we put out with original It's The Real material. It is available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, It's thereal.com. Yeah, writing is still cool, guys. Go get that today. Surprise your friends and family with one or two copies. If it's perfectly in a stocking, go 
get yours today. Visit itthereal.com slash shop and get a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Get a sweatshirt. Why not? Yeah, it's sweatshirt cares? weather. Itthereal.com. Life is short. Spend lots of money on us. Itthereal.com. And now back to the podcast. Um, but where are you originally from? I'm from Oklahoma. Originally. Where in Oklahoma? Altus. Where is that? It oh, is. you don't know? <laughs> it's, yeah, right. I've never heard of that one. I didn't even know that. It's, almost, <laughs> it's like close to an hour outside of Oklahoma City. Which way? Uh... I don't remember. <laughs> I, it's been so long since I've been back there. But yeah, um, um, yeah I started out in Oklahoma What'd your folks as a do? military brat. Oh, all right. Just, you know, um, my uh, biological father was in the Air Force, and my mom um, was extremely young when they first met. And uh, once the, once I was probably like four or five, they broke it off, and uh, my stepdad. They, she met my stepdad in Oklahoma. He got transferred to Colorado, so we moved to Colorado. He was also in the service? Yes, mm-hmm. he was in the Army. Um, so we moved to Colorado, and then um, once he was honorably discharged, we moved to Atlanta. I went to high school and college in Atlanta. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Georgia State University. Okay, yep. yeah. Everybody's always like, the hey, bull- Bulldogs. Bulldogs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Just, you know, just Google, like... You know, Georgia State University. Yeah. So, um, yeah, went to Georgia State and then ended up in Orlando at Full Sail for a year. Yeah. Yep. After I, like, quit a job at Verizon. Oh, wow. Doing what? Doing, like, sales. I was doing really well at my own spot. (laughs) I broke a lease, which... Just recently fell off my credit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so somewhere along the line, you get into music, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. I want to be a part of, of something. Yes, and that, that was definitely in Atlanta. Like, the culture in Atlanta, what I was a big fan of was, like, the whole Death Poetry Jam movement. And that's where my company, Break It Down, kind of started, was, you know, getting in contact with certain poets and putting together showcases. Um, and... Um, yeah, I would like record one um shout out to Abyss who's like, you know, a very um reputable spoken word artist out of Atlanta from Detroit. And um, you know, started there like just kind of um you know, working with these guys and getting I was always curious about how you make music sound like radio ready. So I would get I started with like the small little inbox you know, for Pro Tools yeah. and was working in the crib and I barely knew how to find the record button and get the level right. And, you know, so the recording sound horrible, you know, but I just was so interested in it. And I was like, you know what, I need to figure out how to really do this. And I got so intrigued and, and captivated by it that I dropped everything and, and went to full sales. Like, I'm going to learn this. I just want to be clear. You got into music by working with spoken word artists. Basically, yeah, because I was I was like a who big have no fan. music. <laughs> no, 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 listen, they, like these guys are actually very lyrical. Like this, this. Yeah, but they don't have music behind them. Yeah, well, that's where I was like making. You know, I would make beats and. Oh, you know, got I it. Kind of skip that. Sorry about that. But like, yeah, I you were like, a mashup artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like making beats and trying to get into. You know, I was always um, obsessed with like Primo beats and and Pete Rock and Dilla and how do they make that sound at the time you know Kanye was making like these soulful beats so I started off kind of with that type of sound and um, always experimenting with that so that was where you know I've always been a huge fan of music by the way like my stepdad really put me on to um, a very diverse 
um, uh, music taste. So when you moved to Atlanta, though, the sound down there moved into like the crunk era. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. on this spoken word tip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> Were you like, yeah. no, I still fuck with Lil John, and I, you know, of course, you yeah. have to have like that ratchet side and fun <laughs> side. I'm not, I've never been like a totally serious person. <laughs> like, I, you have to like, you know, you got to live life. I mean, right. Yeah. So you so. go to Georgia State for a little bit, but then you decide to drop everything and go to Full Sail. Yeah. So I actually finished. From Georgia State, like I went. Oh, you did, yeah. After five years, with but, it, yeah, well, that's fine. What's the There's rush? No rush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the? What was? What'd you major in there? Uh, English. I started off um, as a business, um, business management, and it just wasn't working out. It wasn't what I thought it would be. Switched to English, and it was way more open because I could take like movie courses and yeah, different uh, different types of courses. So, but Full Sail University is strictly for music and and yeah, production entertainment and, based yeah all sure. of that yeah, yeah so you moved down to orlando yes for a year and you just dive right in yeah and what was that like <laughs> yeah it was rough i mean it was like a real sacrifice i mean i actually um i took all the money that i had i um, drained my 401k i had a couple dollars there and a friend a good friend of mine shout out to lamar um went with me he dropped what he had going on, and he's like, "Let's do it." Like, I support what you're doing, and I, I do want to, you know, try to figure out my way in, in wow. music as well. And so we both went together. We got an apartment, basically no furniture in the apartment for the entire year. We, we had like a mattress in each room and a, a futon frame because I used the mattress from the futon frame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was a real grind. Yeah, it was a real grind. And by the way, like like. Honestly, shout out to to your friend who who went down and and did it with you because you know, as we know like working together, there's there's something to be said for not going into something alone. Like yeah, you having amazing. someone else to lean on like when times are rough. Yeah. That and and when times are good, that means yeah. the world. Yeah, and I almost actually walked away because um when we were trying to get into the program and get all the funding um that we could get, um there was some pushback and I remember just being like, you know, forget about it. You know, like one thing that I've had to work on over the years is kind of my, my patience level. And I was just ready to just leave. I'm like, all right, we're out. And my boy is like super finesse king. And he's like, give me two seconds. So then like after probably like 10 or 15 minutes, I'm in the office with one of the people in financial aid. And we're talking about how she played lacrosse or something like that or tennis. And he's like, yeah, you know, and. They became friends, however, you know, like he's slick. Yeah. And so like Yo, he got us Lamar. a meeting. Know, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Bosco Lamar. Um, he um he got us a meeting with um with one of the counselors there that got us our paperwork and got us in the door uh, with the crazy scholarship too. The the president found out what we had going on and my story and I was quoting kind of their motto about, you know, um something about basically if you have a dream that you're serious about, we're going to take your dream serious. Wow. And so, like, we just were preaching that, like, man, this is what we really want to do. Yeah, you were a dream chaser early. Yeah, I was going to say, did yeah. Meek, like, yeah. steal your shit? Early. No, no, no. That'll yeah, be the viral that. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, once he caught wind, he gave us this amazing scholarship to kind of cover the balance that we needed and, and got us in the door, and we just took it from there. So, what kind of stuff were you doing in that year? Um, they're very hands-on over there. Like we were, we were like right in studio environments. Like they give you a couple months where you have to do basic uh, classroom stuff and book work. And uh, but 
after a couple months, you're hands-on, you're on the board, you're doing patches, you're setting up mics, doing mic placement, um, you're having courses of like getting you familiar with Pro Tools and shortcut keys and things like that. So um, they, they make you pretty sharp. If you take it seriously, you know, you'll get to a point where when you get into a studio, you're, you're good to get, to get started. Yeah. Who else was down there at the same time that you were? Uh, Anybody that's come out of it? No, but what's funny is like a lot of my peers are like, yeah, I went to Full Cell too. Like <laughs> yeah. shout out to Emix and Alex Tumay. Yeah, do you think Alex people Tumay are lying well. about going to Full Cell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you would lie about that because like all you do is you come out of the program like broke and like you know <laughs> with all this ambition and whatnot. Like you know. Um, so when you graduate from Full Sail, mm -hmm. do you go back home? No, actually, um, I took a major risk and. Um, initially, I knew I wanted to be in New York. I was dead set on New York. A lot of my favorite music came out of New York. And um, Did you know anyone up here? I did not. Um, I knew I had a cousin that actually lives like a couple blocks from you guys, Whoa. by the way. Yeah. Shout out to Morgan. Um, but um, I would initially I went with my grandma in Connecticut and would just like take the train. Yeah you know, um, from New Haven. Mm -hmm. Oh, so an hour and a half. Yeah. To, right, yeah. Right. That, that, so that, like when like... I was initially trying to figure out, like, all right, how am I going to make this transition to New York? Um, that was how I did it. I was there in Connecticut. You know, obviously I had to do some work. So it was like a couple of months. Like it was uh, during the wintertime, actually. And I had two jobs. I was working like Express and Toys R Us or some shit. I just needed to get, get my money, money. up. Yeah. 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 So I, I stacked my money up. And uh, was it hard move to New York when you're working at Express? Yeah, are you wearing like all Express stuff? So you're wearing, you're looking 100%. like you're going to like hundred <laughs> percent a shitty yeah. club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I look, I look super. Yeah, I look. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you, did you? Did By the way, I used to love Express though. Oh no, I you, used to you love remember when I was like the collar up. And <laughs> yep. It was a different color on the other yeah. side. Come on, man. Like, yeah, Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely wore Express in like middle school, and it's like a very sophisticated look for a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> Jeff looked like the real young teacher. Yeah. yeah. I used to go to the club. You see guys with the same exact With the same yeah. Yeah. Everybody went to Express oh, you, at you one open point. Your friend's closet. I don't know what happened, but we probably yeah. wore it out in our time. Yeah, Yo, one, one time, um, our friend Shinsuke had his 21st birthday, and we were living up in Westchester, and we, and we drove down to the city for his birthday. And just, we didn't realize this when we all met up with each other, like me and Jeff and, and Greg and uh, Greg's drummer at the time. Mm -hmm. And we all were wearing polos but all in different colors right, right. Yeah, so yeah, i had yeah. the yellow one jeff had the white one greg had the red you know yeah. and but like so we're all like well this is hilarious at this point yeah. and we get down to the club and the the we all walk together to the bouncer and the bouncer's like i'm gonna do you a favor and let you up one by one oh <laughs> we're like all right well thanks thanks yeah. anyway so when you came to the city did you find it hard to navigate yeah it was overwhelming because i knew new york from the movies because i don't my mom says i had been here as like a uh, an infant basically mm -hmm. so obviously i had no recollection of that yeah <laughs> that yeah yeah but um so i remember it from the movie so it was like overwhelming you see you know this big fast-paced city i remember being scared of like the the traffic on the street and just seeing people just dart across the street <laughs> like what we used to think was jaywalking you know right. what i mean so like um i had it took a lot of getting used to and figuring out the train routes i took i took a lot of like unnecessary stops <laughs> headed to queens for, yeah, yeah, for no reason <laughs> yeah yeah exactly 
But um, and when was, when do you get situated thing. in a studio? So that's an interesting story, and I, I thought about if I was gonna like give the the full thing, but I think I think I can get away with it because uh, I'll, I'll explain in a second. <laughs> so um, by the time we get settled in New York, um, the girl I was seeing at the time we were in Ridgewood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in between, so it's like, like uh, Brooklyn and Brooklyn, Queens. Queens. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like it's the Hogan most like Nas. hard to get to like <laughs> you know area of the city. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> Hogan Nas. Yes. <laughs> so like, uh, it was like right off of like Seneca, uh, uh, off the L line. So we're I start off there. She has this internship at Sony, and Rock Nation at the time had their office in the Sony building. So I don't know how far you guys go back, but you might even know about all this oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so um i remember her talking to some of her people at at the office and telling them that you know i was looking for for a studio because i was getting shut down believe it or not i mean it was like was not easy because i think i had the wrong approach i was like a little bit too confident in certain places um i won't shout these studios out because mm-hmm. i mean like they did me dirty super dirty at the yeah. time like tried to crush me but uh, like I would be like, yeah, they'd be like, how comfortable are you with Pro Tools on a scale of one to ten? I say an eight, <laughs> and they were expecting me to be like, oh, maybe a five, maybe a four. And I'm like, no, nah, I want you guys to know I'm confident that I could like. So whatever, I had the wrong approach and was getting shut down by a lot of studios, and so um, you know, I'm consistent, so I wasn't gonna just give up. Like I, I came here for a reason. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna take the same approach as I took. Being in corporate and shining in a corporate environment, why not do that for something I'm trying to do independently for myself? So, um, shout out to Express. <laughs> shout out to Express and Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. So, um, how many of the studios that you originally went to are still around, by the way? Oh, man. <laughs> the one I started in is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. The ones that I went around to, they're still there. That's why I'm not saying that. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but so to, to finish the story, so yeah. um, she's kind of letting people know like yeah he's looking for a studio or whatever and um rock nation around the corner gets wind of it it's like yeah i think the rock nation studio is looking for an intern and um so i remember this particular day i was going through a list of like the top (laughs) the top 50 things to do in new york because i was like trying to keep my mind (laughs) off of like being depressed with not getting into studios and stuff walk the high line yeah Yeah. so i'm like the next thing on the list was like empire state and i get a phone call like yo um this is candace from 4040 club um i work at you know rock the mic we want to get you in as an intern how quickly can you start and like i think i was already kind of in route when she was saying that like i had I could do the Empire State later. Yeah. So I mean, um, it's only six blocks away. Yeah, you gotta get both in. So my my first day, my first day in Rock the Mic, there's a Neo session and there's a a Mary J session. (laughs) Like you know. Yeah, just normal shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like full sale. So like, did you bring your fedora? No, I didn't. I don't know what I had. I don't remember what I was wearing. I know it was like probably regular Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I didn't want to say. (laughs) So. so yeah, so it's it's Mary J, it's Neo, and it's like this brand new intern, you know, and of course, like as an intern, you're doing the food runs, you're cleaning up and things like that. But you're you an know. eight in Pro Tools, what the hell? Yeah, I'm like yeah. an eight in Pro Tools, but I'm going and getting, you know, in the grill orders yeah. and stuff. So um, 
that that I mean was super fast. But like I remember that first day, I just the etiquette I learned from Full Cell was like you don't use your phone while you're in the studio. So like literally while I was in the studio. I wasn't using my phone and the girl I was with at the time was like hitting me up like, is everything all right? Are you good? And I'm not responding because I was told not to use the phone in the studio. He's dead. So it was a wrap. After that, that was like kind of the decline for that or whatever. Like, because um, I was very serious about, you know, um, shining in the studio and I, I appreciated the opportunity. I wanted to max out on it. Um, so, yeah, it just from there it was like most of my time was there. I so, mean, I stayed there. Who were some of the artists that that came through? Man, and I had this wish list of artists that I would tell people while I was at Full Sail, and they all ended up coming through Rock the Mic. Like it was, uh, J. Cole was just starting to really pop with the warm-up tapes and stuff like that. And um, he was working on Sideline Story. Um, He came through and was, did a couple weeks there. Ryan Leslie came through. I was a huge fan of like his making beats videos videos? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so... uh, Worked on some stuff with him as an assistant. Um, Santi Gold came through. Jesse J. Um, who else? Common was huge. Like, I'm a huge Common fan. Yeah. Yeah. So Spoken Common. word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. You see? Yeah. yeah. See how yeah, it all yeah, kind of yeah. like comes back around? <laughs> Dilla, spoken word. Boom. I'm with Common. So, um, yeah, Common. Um, man, Col- Chris Martin from Coldplay. We played wow. pool together. Whoa. Who won? He smoked. <laughs> yeah. He smoked. He went to jail. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> British boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Martin. Of course, Hove would come through like on some like super ninja shit. Um, who else? So were you living your dream? Were you just oh like, even God. as an intern, you're just like, this is. I was, I was on cloud nine. I mean, my relationship was like in the <laughs> toilet, but like I was super excited and like just ready to maximize this opportunity um and i never let myself get so hyped where like i would ruin it by like basically just kind of feeling like yeah i'm in the mix and i'm taking pictures and stuff i always had like the proper etiquette and you know um that's one thing that guru speaks on to this day he's like you're the one person that made it out of that studio the way that you did um besides um Shout out to Marcos, Rihanna's engineer, mm-hmm. Marcos Tovar. Tovar. He, um, he came out of Rock the Mic uh, as well. Yeah. So um, we're the only two, like, really, like, that did it, you know, big. So, you and that, that was studio? shout out to OG Wan and Dez. Oh, man. Yeah. I give them, like, full credit for putting me in that environment without even having, like, a proper interview. Like, I don't think Candace asked me two questions. She just looked at my resume and was like, can you go now? And I was like, yeah, I thought I was gonna have to go through all this like Q and A, but it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, what 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 was on your resume? It was just that you had uh, gone. It to was full pretty sale? shitty. Like <laughs> I had my my uncle as he knows knows nothing about music, but he's like really good at putting resumes together. And uh, you know, I had like I forget what the opening line was, and then I had you know, um, wasn't it just Anthony Cruz? <laughs> basically, yeah, because it's hard to stretch music stuff. It, you know, I had to like put bullet points underneath Full Sail just oh, to yeah. show like yeah. all the music stuff I did because everything else was like Verizon, Toys R Us, yeah, you know, uh, proficient Coca Cola, yeah. yeah, Pro you know, Tools and yeah, GarageBand. Yeah. And I graduated college, yeah, yeah. English so, degree, yeah. yeah. So it was, it, it was, was lit, yeah. yeah. I mean, they just were like, go. I mean, because, you know, interns, what the way they look at it is like, we're giving you an opportunity and, um, you know, 
what you do with it is what you do with it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what was the big breakthrough moment in terms of like learning what a professional environment was like for you? Mm. Actually, what I learned, um, contrary to what I learned in school, was it's a lot more, um, it's very serious in terms of like where, especially the engineer is like kind of the captain of the whole ordeal. Like you run the whole vibe of the session. You know, if you're too slow, if you know, you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know certain shortcuts, if you don't know how to work through a problem, you can totally ruin a session. So I learned um, a lot of that from a lot of the greats that came through, like I said, like Coldplay's engineer, uh, Marco's Juice, who's now Nikki's engineer, Guru was there regularly. Um, Stargate was in the B room. So, like, imagine all the people that were coming in and out through Stargate. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, a lot of what I learned is that be yourself, but keep that professional aspect as well. Like, keep it, you know, stay very focused and serious on your craft, but just be yourself when you're dealing with the actual artist. You know what I mean? Did you like, ever- don't be a a tight ass you know what i mean yeah. like, there's people that are like very like <laughs> and you're like bro just relax you're making the person uncomfortable you know what i mean um was there a take that you ever lost uh i will say like there there was a take that I, i've lost before um even with meek but like he's he doesn't have time to like go back and forth with you like because he everything's in his head yeah so it's like come on let's just do it again yeah you know, but yeah, definitely. Do you hit him with the like, yo, I think you could do it better. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't cover it up at all. I'm like, yo, I fucked up. I'm sorry. And he's like, come on, let's get it back. You know, like, let's hurry up because I'm in the zone. You know, um, so. Has anybody ever spilled a drink on your board? Oh, man. No, but there's been so many close calls. Like, I actually do a really good job at, at, um, keeping that from happening because like as soon as i see a drink i'm like yo yeah you know what i mean or like meek will see like if i'm across the room he'll see me looking at like yo get that off the board or yeah whatever, you know what i mean so um yeah. when do you meet young guru i meet guru early on um the first time i met guru if i'm not mistaken is when jay did uh the record f- glory mm. wow if I'm not mistaken, you know, he could correct me if I'm wrong, but like it was somewhere around then and uh, they do glory and I'm like overwhelmed because it's like, this is Guru, this is a Jay-Z record. Um, so I probably had like the dumbest questions in the world, but I did <laughs> want to ask him something just to be like, yo, I'm, I'm an engineer too. Like, yeah, um, I don't think it went over that well. But Guru's <laughs> a really, really cool, humble guy. Yeah. Like, um, after a while of us, you know, a couple of times of him coming in and out, um, I kind of got a vibe of stuff that he likes. So I would like have his coffee and like, I got him like this big box of like, uh, um, what is it? He gets backwoods. Oh, yeah. So I got him like, I ordered like <laughs> a jumbo box of backwoods for him and shit. And like, you know, um, we did a J Electronica session together. Not on purpose. It was Wait, like Jay Electronica did not on purpose. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course, he came through, uh, you know, ready to work. And Guru, that doesn't sound like him. If anybody, anybody that knows Guru, do not let him fall asleep. Like he gets, <laughs> like he's like a sleeping giant. 
like literally a sleeping giant. Like it's really hard to wake him up. Like we had moments we were doing the the mix and he's like, Cruz, I'm gonna chill for like 15 minutes. Don't let me fall asleep. And it was like some horror movie shit. You're like, oh my god. So uh Goo. Yeah, yeah. So um during the J Electronica session, they're working on this record and J Electronica was really antsy to get this thing out. It was the um it was the oh, what was the name of the record? It was like World War Three or something like that. It was uh the record he did with Prodigy. Mm. I know. Um, yeah, it's not all right. Jeff will so, look it up. Oh, yeah. It's it's slipping my mind. Yeah. So long story short, Guru goes and like, I'm gonna chill for a second, I'm gonna lay down. And Jay is like, I feel like the record's done at this point, because uh Prodigy had done his his hook and everything. So he's like, All right, I'm gonna go lay down for a second. And he just like <laughs> he passed out. So Jay likes getting like antsy. So I went in and did like he he was like, Yo, you engineer, right? And I'm like, Yeah. But I'm in my mind, I'm like, this is a guru session. <laughs> like, you're asking me to do a guru session. So um I didn't want to tell him no. We couldn't get Guru to wake up. So I was like, all right, cool. I just went in and tweaked some things. He really liked what I was doing. Erica Badu had a uh, late night that night. She came through and uh, put gave her input and feedback and was telling me certain things that you know I should do in terms of tweaking his vocal and certain things like that. Um, and we bounced it and he put it out while Guru was sleeping. Oh my God. And uh, Guru like always says like yo you held me down that session wow but he what he did want to like go in and do his thing to yeah, it yeah, or whatever yeah. but like he appreciates that it went the way it did because Jay Electronic was happy everybody was happy and he was just like all right cool like you know oh my god yeah uh, by the way it was called Call of Duty that's there yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. yeah Call yeah. of Duty Not, sorry about yeah, that my different fault. video it's, games it's yeah, been yeah. so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time we ever met Young Guru, we were at Jay Electronica's um, like the announcement. signing announcement to yeah. Rock Nation oh, at the wow. box downtown, right? So we're outside and we're everyone's waiting to get in and we look to our right and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, it's Young Guru. Yeah. And so we don't say anything and he looks over at us and strikes up a cigarette and he goes, y'all going to act like y'all not, it's the real? And we're just like... <laughs> This You're young like, guru. Yeah, like a guru moment. He's so humble, man. It, you, uh, it was yeah, the, yeah. it was Super the greatest, humble, and he yeah. still is the greatest person yeah, ever. Yeah. And by the way, just to clarify, we were not going to act like we weren't. It's the real. <laughs> <laughs> so we were called out on. Yeah. So when you are situated there and you're known to be more than an intern now, you're known to be like an actual working engineer who knows his Pro Tools at least at an eight, more you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a nine, whatever. Yeah. Um, ask your uncle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you did you think that there was life beyond um, Rock the Mic? Yes. And actually, um, OG Wan was very confident, and he would always tell me like, if you, you know, because I heard um, Marcos's story. And he told him, like, yo, he's like, if you fuck with me, you're going to make it big, right? And so I, I remember recounting that story back to OG. And he's like, yeah, like, that's basically that's how it goes. Like, if you if you stick to working hard and, you know, you're loyal, something's going to pop for you, you know? And um, that's when, you know, things kind of took off with, you know, meat comes through and, and that, that whole thing. So you meet Meek under yeah. under what circumstances? Um, actually, at the time, I'm working in between Rock the Mic and Forty Forty Club. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Will, like Will is there? Tenure. Yeah. 
Because he was Will there six, is with six months me. before you. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Will is definitely with me, 100%. He can't, he's actually documented my entire journey with me. That's why he was there. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more so of the He has, like, story. from the very yeah. beginning, like, yeah. young Cruz <laughs> to, like, Cruise, to, like yeah. this, this, this new guy that everybody's trying to, like, make into, like, this whole... Yeah. Right. Fuck Power 106. This is the real Cruz show <laughs> yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working in between. I'm at 4040 Club um, doing, like, AV stuff. Um, in between Rock the Mic and this is like their 10 year anniversary party it's a huge event there's everybody's in the building I think Bill Gates is there mm-hmm. uh, Hove oh, is there Warren Buffett was there Warren Buffett I mean sorry yeah. Warren Buffett sorry Call of that. Duty yeah, yeah. yeah right exactly See, I'm, 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 come on man I'm getting old I'm getting old so um, I get the call from the studio shout out to TT who was um, helping run Rock the Mic and he's like yo Meek Mill is here, and he needs you to engineer him. And I'm like, bro, Des is going to kill me if I just leave right now. Like, this is a 10-year right. anniversary party for 4040 Club. I'm like, call Des. If she says it's cool, I'm on my way. So I get a call over the... Um, I was actually supposed to call Meek's uh, manager, road manager, Phil. He was going to yeah. tell the story for me because he tells it hilarious. <laughs> like He does like the voice and everything. So whatever. So then... Um, I get over the radio from Dez, like, yo, Meek Mill is at the studio and needs an engineer. Go now. And so, like, I dropped everything, threw the radio down, clocked out, ran to the studio. I got, like, this suit on <laughs> because I'm at the 10-year anniversary party, and I got, like, this room full of all these Philly cats. And oh they're my like, God. who the hell is this <laughs> you dude heard. about to engineer me? Yeah, like, who is this boy? Like, yeah, so... So, like, it was crazy. Like, it was a lot because I wasn't used to, you know, Meek used to roll with, like, a major entourage. Yeah. And so, like, before I really knew who everybody was, it was, like, overwhelming. I'm like, man, who are all these dudes right here? So he's like, do you know how to engineer good? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I work with some people. He's like, who you work with? So I start naming, like, all the Rock Nation artists or whatever. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, listen, these are the settings that I use like at the time it was you know there's like these particular settings that he's always been like I said very particular about his voice so he's mm-hmm. like this is a template that was made that you work from basically and um you know long story short we worked in a couple days and uh he starts getting comfortable he starts requesting me and over a this was like the very beginning, or um, not the beginning, because he had been working on DC3 already in LA for a little while, what was supposed to be an album, I believe, and um, continued it in New York. So during the New York run, I was the guy, you know, cutting records. So that was like the beginning of the New York for for the DC3 yeah. process. Yeah. And then how did he approach, I mean, it was just that he just kept asking for you over and over, and then at a certain point, you just became his guy? Yeah, so I was the I was the in-house guy, and I, you know, I was the one he was comfortable with, and he had been with so many different engineers like over over a period of time. Um, he started off with with Rugs out of out of uh, Philly. Shout out to Rugs who really helped him kind of shape his sound and and um, what people know him for as as an artist, and went through so many different people until he finally got with me and was just like, all right, I'm cool with his process. And so, like, over this time that we're working on this project, it's probably, like, I don't know, probably a month in or so, he's, like, we start entertaining traveling, you know, and he's, like, would you travel with me, you know, and um, because, you know, he didn't want to, like, have to use another guy and he didn't know what my situation was. And so I, rem- I 
he brought it up one time and then it kind of just we just kind of kept working and i remember telling him like yo you mentioned like traveling <laughs> i'm really all about that i really want to like move around with you i like the vibe we have let's do it let's move around and i remember being outside of, out of the club one day uh 4040 and he's talking to one of the managers carlos and was like yeah i'm gonna take your guy from you or whatever <laughs> and he's like yeah man go ahead so i remember the day i had to tell des like i was so nervous because i was like man i've been i'm doing 4040 and i'm working like in-house at the studio like and i gotta tell des I'm you gotta out. go let her down yeah yeah so that's what i'm thinking in my mind <laughs> It was the easiest conversation <laughs> I ever had in my life. Like before I could get everything out, she's like, bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Like it was that easy. Okay, cool. So now we're gone. Like the first place we travel to is Atlanta. And we work it at uh Ross's um Estate. Yeah. One of one of his estates. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first like outside of New York. Um, I just want to take a second to shout out Desiree because um, a lot of people know this and a lot of people may not know this, but she was a super big part of where Meek is today and Mm -hmm. and why he is free and and I think of a good, you know, mind and and body and soul. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, sure. So can you tell us the most random place that you ever had to record a verse? Um... In his apartment in in Philly, we made Liddy. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> we made Liddy. We made Froze. Uh, I think you know a lot of what you heard on DC Four. We we started in in his apartment in Philly. We just made like this makeshift studio, like you know, um, like his his homies were messing with, like, "Damn, you really like really Spanish bowl, man." <laughs> like, I put like the whole like the blankets up yeah. on the shower rods. Like it was like super makeshift and. You know, got like a little uh, setup with some speakers and stuff, and we had to keep the volume at a certain tone because people were complaining. <laughs> so uh, that was that was probably one of the more random places. A couple hotels, but like that that most memorable was like recording out of the apartment and getting that type of record out of it. Do you have a favorite uh, Ross moment? There's a few, man. I love like Ross's energy and like he's so positive and shows us all like a lot of love, but. Uh, I could probably think of mine. You can't think. Yeah, of Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Let yeah. Will go, let Will go. Um, so we were in Vegas um, with Meek Ross and everybody, and ha- I had just shot a couple of videos for Meek, and um, I guess Ross was like, he, I guess he saw the talent, whatever it is, he was excited, so he was like, Will, come here, <laughs> I got some words, some wisdom for you. <laughs> you gotta soak this up. He was like, Will, you got you gotta call yourself Director Wonton Soup. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm not calling myself direct to one time soup. Say, no, no, Will, man. It's about marketing, man. <laughs> Everybody going to know you for direct to one time soup. <laughs> and I was like, I was just cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> just when you brought that up, I, I just, just wow. popped up in my head. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not even going to direct to one time soup, man. <laughs> that's legendary. I got to walk around with that name. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's legendary. I don't, I don't even want to tell a story now. Like, like too good. I mean, I just have, I just always have like good memories of Ross. Like we, we have like really dope um, vibes in the in the studio together when we're all there and like, you know, laughing and joking and just like, you know, um, in that creative atmosphere. Like when we're like playing the records for him and things like that and kind of his feedback and, um, but he always shows love. That's one thing I, I respect a lot about him. He never changes and switches up on you. Well, his his tone is also just like one of the most 
amazing rap voices yeah. in Big history. Also, time. we yeah. heard a crazy story that uh, that he got he did one of his albums while getting like tattooed. Yeah, and it was just like off an it. iPhone. Yeah, I well yeah well what happened is like Emix used to um, uh, do voice notes so that he wouldn't forget certain ideas because um, he's another rapper that like he writes stuff down but like he he does come up with like ideas sometimes just kind of off the top so he would get the voice notes mm-hmm. and then play them back and they would recut them or yeah. whatever yeah 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 I believe that for sure um, and you- then also we heard that Ross would listen to beats yeah while just doing his ad libs. <laughs> to oh, hear wow. how the ad libs would go over them. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you do the um the session with um Big Sean and Ferg? Ferg? Yeah, that actually was one of those um remote situations. So like we did the record and sent it over. Ferg did his part. Um and then Sean came in, I think at the end, he came in with his piece. And I remember, you know, Sean wanting it to be kind of like a burn record mm-hmm. where like it was him and Meek going back and forth. And um, Meek was like, yo, I really love the Ferg part on it. You know what I mean? So like um, he was like dead set on it, which I love Ferg's verse on it because it's just like his tone is very like playful and catchy or whatever. So um, that was really dope the way all that came together. But yeah, it was like remote. You know, that all didn't happen at the same time. Yeah. Are there any other um, uh, features that, that really, that, that Meek did, mm-hmm. that really, like, stick out to you? My favorite is um, Black Grammys. And One how, of my favorite verses he's ever done. How did that originate and how did it happen? Um, it was a self-made project. So during that time, it's usually, like, um, different whoever will contribute like you know while they'll be like yo i have this record me could be like yo i have these records and they'll basically contribute to the compilation so that was one that wale contributed and it already had i remember when we cut it it didn't have j cole it was just wale it didn't have like ross talking like that legendary yeah. like if michael jackson was alive he'd want me to smoke one <laughs> like it didn't have any of that so uh Meek went in and killed it, and I think to this day, he still was, like, the standout on that track, you know, like that. I mean, just the, hearing that, you know, that hunger and, like, I'm going to take my mama to the Grammys, like, I love that record. And it, it spoke to me because I, I want to, you know, have those experiences as well. Yeah. Yeah. Were either of you um, there or, I mean, okay, I'm thinking of a certain video, which is of uh, DJ Khaled playing horse <laughs> with French Montana, Meek, um, Ross, and I'm missing somebody. Right. But, like, they all played horse for, like, $100,000. Were we at Khaled's studio? I think it was in Atlanta. What is shooting? Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't there. Sorry, I wasn't there. Um, that, I, what, was it Atlanta? Was the shooting? That may have been Atlanta, yeah, because that might have been that... Vi- the, what was the record that, that the, came from? The artist name. He's an R&B artist. Um, Anthony Hamilton? Yeah, was it one? What? Anthony Hamilton? <laughs> Was that the one? <laughs> the record we're talking about. Yeah. The one with Jadakiss. And, oh, uh, oh, oh, Yeah. Was that the one? <laughs> was it around that time? It might have been. Obviously, Maybe. we weren't there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had, we, I'm like, I saw it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you probably weren't yeah. there. Well, they, they had a lot of ball games for like Exactly. I'm trying, that's what I'm trying yeah. to pin yeah. down. Like, yeah. when was this? Because it sounds like any yeah. other time. Like, you know, I mean, it sounds like a few That times. particular video shoot, they they did play for $100,000. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was one with Anthony Hamilton. Anthony French Montana was there. Calla yeah. was there. Um, and they shot the video at the same time. So, hmm. but they did multiple. Because it was on a basketball court. It was on a basketball court. Yeah, yeah, That was at Ross's house. Yeah, Atlanta. Were you just like, that's a lot of money for a game of horse? It's still, I don't, yeah. I, it doesn't get it, old to me. Yeah. That doesn't get old to me. Yeah. Like, the fact that they could throw around that type of money is like, I use it as motivation. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I look at it as like, man, I can't wait to be able to say like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do this for however much, you know, however many thousands of dollars. Like I'm going to play Chris Martin in pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, I'm putting real money on the table. I'm putting yeah. bands on the table with Chris Martin. But then Martin. would you still lose? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's Chris <laughs> Martin, man. I love, I love him. <laughs> Just give him the <laughs> Just give it to him. Obviously, the, the big thing, I think, before this record was, you know, this sort of, this lengthy uh, beef or, or issue between, like, Drake and Meek. Mm-hmm. And it's been since settled, but... Mm-hmm. What we're hearing now is that it started with like um, a correspondence that has happened over the course of a period of time. It wasn't just like let's shake you know hands, let's show up yeah. at you know the Boston date, and mm-hmm. then let's record a song. Yeah. In the earliest days, what were your sort of like feelings about the whole thing? Um, like while it was going on? Or no, no, no. While when it was getting yeah, when it, it was resolved. yeah, yeah, when it was getting yeah. resolved. I mean, we were we were relieved. I mean, it was it was a situation that we all everybody was like, you know, we all were loyal and and you know um always believed meek to be a winner no matter what everybody was saying i mean it was like a lot to have to deal with criticism wise but um just hearing that yeah we're we're talking everything's being fixed of course it's like a huge relief because i mean those guys are way better as friends than enemies you totally. know what i mean yeah so um and yeah, i was super relieved I was when was the hear. earliest like talk of a collaboration um i can't remember because i know like it was very genuine them making up it wasn't about music it was like they were just like getting back to being comfortable talking to each other and things like that and then it just naturally progressed into by the way i'm making an album which if like meek said if drake was making an album we would be trying to you know, figure that out with for him. sure. Yeah. So there was a world where like Drake music wouldn't have been on this album. Like you, you said, you did say that like it was one of the last features to come in. Yeah, but that was just like I said. I think it was timing with him being on tour and whatnot. But it was something that they definitely, um, when he was actively working on the album, was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think that Drake would end up on any of the other songs? Like personally? Yeah. We actually we sent him um, "Stuck in My Ways." And it just, I guess it just wasn't his vibe. And he ended, he ended up sending us um, the idea for for that record. Hmm. So, yeah. And so Meek recorded his stuff first for that record. Yeah. That's cool. Which I tell Meek, like, I don't think this was the case. I just joke with him, like, man, you you must intimidate people when you, like, put together a record, like, that's so fire. And you're like, yeah, by the way, go ahead and, you know, add something to this. You know what I mean? Like, all nonchalant or whatever. But... It, it worked out perfectly. I love I love the record they did. Yeah, yeah. So now, uh, that now the the album is complete and out there, and everyone has heard it. Mm-hmm. Have you have you changed your mind on like what your personal favorite record is? No, still Oodles and Noodles, yeah. babies, and um, of course, what's free after everything came together the way that it did. It was already like you know when. When it was like a, a Ross record, it was one of those that we were like, man, like, I wish we could use that record. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, those two are my favorite. But Oodles and Noodles, just, it's just, 
man, it's so powerful. You know what I mean? Like it just brought me back to. I just picture the video being like my block, like Scarface. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just kind of you envision the whole thing without it even being on the screen. Like you just could close your eyes and be like, I already know what this video is. Um, who has come to you and asked for uh, a recording to sound like Meek's vocal sound? Um, Tayana Taylor really loved the way that that um, she sounded on um, Wins and Losses. Mm. And it was just like this conflict of schedule and she was really adamant about getting me to record. And I heard like um, stories about her even when I wasn't there. Like, you know, I want to I want to work with like Meek's engineer. Wow. And it just never worked out for whatever reason. But, um, you know, of course, independent artists wanting that Meek Mill sound. Yeah. Um, who else? I remember I missed out on an opportunity with uh, Rich the Kid when he was first getting started. Because, like, Meek, like, being with Meek for this amount of time, we've seen a lot of people come up, right? Well, I mean, oh, we've yeah, seen everybody. Like, some, some artists Tons. that, you know, now they're like that thing, like 21, mm. Rich the Kid, Uzi, PMB. Uzi, oh, like, there's Tory so Lanes. many different artists. Yeah, Tory Tory. Tory was a big one. I mean, yeah. Tory was like in the studio mm -hmm. DC three era, like scrawny Tory Lane yeah. that was trying to like <laughs> super, get his name super up. quiet. Yeah, humble, Travis, super Scott. humble guy. Tra yeah, Travis. Travis was another. I mean, so you know, like I look back at some messages and Rich the Kid had hit me like, "Yo, I want you to mix my record." But at the time, I was like, "Bro, I don't have time." Like I'm yeah. working with Meek. Then he ends up, you know, doing <laughs> what he did, and I'm like, "Dude, I gotta pay more attention." <laughs> yeah, <to this> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys do while Meek was away? Yeah, that's man. We, we uh, you can tell your part. I, I, let I me see what Meek was playing. I mean, we were just still out there grinding. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out our own business. You know what I mean? So, um, keeping ourselves busy. Uh, I've always had my clients, videography wise, things like that. At the same time, we were also trying to work on music and looking for our own artists, things like that. Um, potentially, you know. Um, other than that, I was, I mean, for me, I knew Meek was going to get out, um, you know, and while I was in there, he would always give me a call to see how I was doing. I would, you know, send him photos, things like that. And, um, but for some reason, I just knew that he wasn't going to do his two to four years, you know what I mean? In my, in my mind. So it wasn't like, oh, Meek's gone forever. I got to go find something else to do. It's just like, it's only a matter of time this, this man gets out. So I, I wasn't, you know, fret, you know what I mean? I wasn't really spazzing out of Brian, anything like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've had, in our history with Meek, we've had, like, unfortunately, a lot of hiccups. But um, this one in particular, I'm not going to lie, like, when it when when it first hit, I was, like, stunned because it just sounded so... Unreal, permanent. right? It, yeah, it, it sounded it, unreal, yeah, and, it, yeah, and yeah. it felt permanent, like, when yeah. it first hit. But then once we saw like what the momentum was and and the plan to get him out it was like wow there's a yeah. real backing yeah in this situation it made us more confident we were at rallies together yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we rallies. were supporting all the events in between like you know keeping you know paying our bills and everything else but um yeah i i personally was in la i I don't know if you remember, like when Meek came home he was like yeah i'm looking for my engineer <laughs> i was in la like making it happen because I mean, you know, I had to keep going. Live. Yeah, 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 I had yeah. to live. Yeah. And it ended up working in my favor because, like, during that time, I worked with, like, a whole other side of the label. Like, I was with, like, this pop group, Why Don't We? I was in a, oh, wow. a writing camp for them. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, that's, like, on the very, very end of the spectrum. Yeah, so that's a whole other 
those situation. are like yeah, those are like children. That's a that's a whole other vibe. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you how do you change up your like presets and everything for them? Uh, I didn't change them much because um, basically, well, actually, you know what I did because I started learning having to adjust to going from Meek to this pop act. They're very minimalistic when they actually record in. So like they do very little like EQ stuff and compression. Just enough to get a clean sound because, you know, pop is very clean. Like our sound is more like more rugged and low indie and, you know, um, uh, crisp vocals and things like that. But like pop is like super clean, not as boomy. So I had to really get used to that because I was like, you know, having to hold myself back from like yeah. <laughs> giving them eight like super 808 records and things like that. So um, but I, I think I adjusted pretty well and got comfortable there and um Met some some great people that I ended up um, communicating with once Meek came home and producers and things like that. Um, so it was it was a dope experience. But when he came home, I was still there. I was still in in, in L. A. And because I'm like, well, what's the plan? I'm so anxious to get back, and I wanted to see him like the first day he came home. But I'm like, what's the plan? Because I mean, realistically, you have to, um, along with him being your friend you have to take care of yourself, you know what I mean? Like in sure. terms of like your livelihood and stuff. So while they were like going on there, like campaigning for, you know, him being home and the justice, justice reform and everything else, um, there was like that mode where he literally didn't have time to record. So finally, like when it was like, all right, I'm really ready to go. They put together like a proper game plan. Like Meek was campaigning like, match my guy because he's over mm -hmm. there in Popland doing his thing and he, it needs to be matched when he comes to me. It shouldn't be any different. So, you know, shout out to Dallas and the label and everybody that, that took really good care of me and That's dope. made That's sure really dope. yeah, made sure I was like well taken care of during this project. Um who has the best beard in MMG currently. Rose Hansen. Yeah, it's not so even you're, you're not even like, Yeah, no, I'm not gonna compete. That's yeah, actually my barber was booked through Wednesday, so that's the only reason I'm like woofing right now like this. Will, it, does it make you mad that you can never, with all due respect, yeah. you can never film anything as funny as Meek falling down his mother's stairs? Oh, yeah, no, I can't, yeah. I, I can't cop the, top that one, no, 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 no. Um, well, listen. Beyond this just being a fantastic project, you know, I, I think it's dope that that both of you guys have had two very healthy careers and you've accomplished a whole lot. Um, I think that it's amazing how far you've come. I think that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if people have slept on you mm -hmm. because uh, you built a career out of young guru going to sleep. So. <laughs> Congratulations Legendary. on everything. Thank you so much for coming through and, and uh, so happy that you guys put out such a dope project and everything is on the up and up. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the platform for giving us a, a chance to sit down and talk with you guys. No yeah. doubt. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric, you are Jeff. Together, we are It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. And we also have our other one called Two Jews and Two Black Jews. Review the movies. Jeff, if people want to find out more about anything that's going on with us or the clothes that we make, where can they go? You can always go to jaggedlittlethrills.com. <laughs> it's the real.com. I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. We are It's The Real. People always say no apostrophes, no spaces to us. And mm -hmm. yet, 
they keep spelling it with an apostrophe and some spaces. What a, what a mistake. So I want you to make the connection, you out there listening to this. Mm-hmm. When we say no apostrophe, no spaces, we're talking that it's the real and we mean it. So yeah. <laughs> Put that in your little pea brain. <laughs> you dig? You underdig? iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real soundcloud.com slash a waste of time or if you're looking for us on spotify search for a waste of time with it's the real you can also go on twitter at it's the real facebook at it's the real instagram at it's the real you can also find our music on spotify and all of the streaming services go to it's the real.com slash shop and cop something right now jeff every week we love to shout out those of you who are good enough to push our message out there and Tell people to listen to A Waste of Time with It's The Real. So, Jeff, who do you want to shout out? I want to shout out two friends. Yes. I want to shout out two friends who got engaged and are going to be more than friends. (laughs) I want to shout out Rembert and Andrea. Yes. Shout out to them. I'm very happy for this blessed union of souls. We We were just thrilled to be amongst a pretty sizable group of friends celebrating their engagement. It was a surprise. It was, there was a media blackout. It was a fantastic celebration. It was really, really nice to celebrate with everyone, and including uh, Rem's mom and Andrea's parents and David Jacoby. And yeah, a lot of fun people in the building. Jeff, I would also like to shout out two friends, Big Waz and Boss Nod, who have their very own podcast called Everything is Trash. You should get engaged with it, people. I don't want to say that we started their journey for them in podcasting. But I want to say that we've started their podcasting journey for them. Uh, when we had them up here, we knew that they were just geniuses. We knew they were hilarious. And we knew that they had a lot to say and a funny way to say it. Two of our great friends, Boss Nod and Big Waz, everything is trash. Please go listen to their podcast right now. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. See you guys next week. Right.